who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to episode 107 of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and with me is eric sanchez eric how's it going it's going pretty good. 107, huh? I think so. I think it's one. Well, there's been more because we've had like watch alongs and special episodes, interviews and all that yeah. stuff. But I guess my numbered episodes are 107. Okay, cool. I like it. So, so a lot. So this week is going to be a show where we're going to talk about something that is kind of in our wheelhouse, but not necessarily our wheelhouse. You know, we're talking a little attitude era stuff this week, and I'll get into mm-hmm. that in a second what we're more, and kind of what I mean by that. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much, and I hope someone recommended us to you because that's the uh, best compliment we get and the funnest part of doing the show when someone new listens and uh, someone of our old listeners tells someone, hey, you should check these guys out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at PPW Podcast, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just search Positively Processing Podcast, and we'll feed right into your app. If you're an iTunes user and want to leave us a review, not just a star rating, but also a review, that would help out a lot because it helps more people find the show when they're looking for podcasts. It's just whatever the iTunes algorithm is, mm-hmm. the more reviews, uh, the more you show up. So uh, last week... We had a, a ton of listens for our Survivor Series 93 show, so thanks, everyone, for listening awesome. for that. Yeah, I think that was like a, a real, like, in-the-feel show for all of our listeners. That was a, <laughs> a fun show for us to talk about as well. And also, if you want to support the show, whatamover.net got a couple T-shirts up there. But, as always, just listen and tell a friend about us and continue to listen. That's the that's the most fun and the best way to support us. So, Eric, what's new in your world? Anything exciting, mm, wrestling-wise? No, not really. Did you watch the Survivor Series? <laughs> no, I, I I wanted to watch it last night, but then I uh, just didn't get a chance to. I was mm-hmm. at uh, my fiance's house, and we were watching some stupid Christmas movie sure. with a couple dogs on it. Uh, her daughter, I don't even know the name of it. It was it was Santa Claus. No, it, it was it was like a like almost like a Hallmark movie on DVD. Okay. So so the daughter got it uh, because you know there's like three little three cute little golden retrievers sure. on the cover, and the movie just is at the end. There's it's more like a romance of like two kids that were at this at like a camp and sure. you know, they they promised each other themselves at nine and then they grew had different lives and they come back together and it's like this is. Not a Christmas movie, <laughs> so that's what I watched. And then you know, was that like our, a Walmart three ninety five like three dollar movie bin? Probably. That's then that's okay. Probably. You're not mad about it then because it would have been che- it's cheaper than that than if you would have rented it on <laughs> on demand. So you're not mad at it. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, uh, it was interesting for what it was, but the whole time I'm like, are we watching Lifetime or is this Hallmark? And it was just like really like like a romantic movie without like a lot of comedy. So I'm like, huh. Hmm. But, you know, I can't say that we, I don't really watch that stuff because uh, 
instead of watching wrestling, we kind of get into this 90 day fiance show. So that's what we've been watching. The do, past do, you, months. do you watch Christmas movies? Are you a fan of Christmas movies? Yeah, I love Christmas movies. Okay. We watched uh, um, Santa Claus. We watched the, what was the other one? We, we watched? watched Santa oh, Claus. Elf. You know, we, there's a lot of, a lot of we, movies I love. We watched Santa Claus 2 the other day and I forgot how funny that is. Like it's yeah. a, it's like Tim Allen's got some laugh out loud moments for adults. Mm-hmm. Like the one part when, uh, you know, the new stepdad's asking like, what'd you guys do last night? I was like, well, we uh, went to the strip club, drank some malt liquor. <laughs> like, he says it's dead serious. And, yeah. and he comes up I, all fat at the meeting. He's like, ah, bee sting. <laughs> and he orders like <laughs> hot fudge sundae and all that stuff. And yeah, we're, we've been watching a ton of Christmas movies here. So far we watched Elf. We watched Santa Claus. We watched Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, Polar Express. And I refuse to watch that movie anymore. The Polar like Express? I- I just can't take it. All the dead eyed. It, it feels like to me, it's a, it's a cartoon that wasn't finished yet, but they're like, hey, we got to release it. <laughs> so, well, so they released it. And what it I, was, I just felt like it should have been more polished. Well, what it was, it was originally, I don't know if this was originally, but I remember it was in the theater on IMAX with 3d. Cause I remember when I, whenever it came out in 2003, 2004, whenever it was, mm-hmm. I told my wife this. she didn't, she kind of found it funny, but not really. I was like, yeah, I saw this in the theater. I took a girl I was seeing just so I could go make out with her in the movie. And that's what we did the whole time. So I remember yeah. this giant IMAX theater in the back, you know, when this is in going the on. back. Well, naturally, <laughs> no, we were in the front row in between people. Yeah. Under a blanket. Yeah. Right. No, under just my coat. I didn't bring a blanket in. Okay. Your uh, big coat. <laughs> yeah. My big uh, Columbia coat. Yeah. yeah, but but home, I'm a big fan of Christmas movies. I started watching uh, Christmas Vacation it was on AMC, but it's mm-hmm. not the same when it's censored. You gotta you gotta pop in the Blu-ray or, or the oh, DVD. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you gotta get all the swears and all that stuff too. Uh, mm-hmm. I started watching It's a Wonderful Life. I bought the 4K restoration of it, and okay. it looks fantastic. It's really cool because it's a documentary on how they restored it and how they, they there's this new machine they have that because the film's so old and delicate, like. The new machine, like I guess the old ways of transferring stuff was like kind of like a dial or like a, a spindle. And there was okay. like always concern that like it would damage the film, it would get caught, it would get ripped. But the new way of doing it is a much like safer way of doing it and they can get a lot more detailed. So it was pretty cool. And I started watching it, so I got to finish that again. And that I think is a fun movie too. So it's yeah, not my favorite a, Christmas there, movie, but it's <clears> out there. There's a movie I, I discovered last year, and it's been out for a long time. Deck the Halls. Have you seen it? No. With no. Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito? No. Oh, it's so funny. Like, Matthew Broderick is like the town, like Mr. Christmas. Like, he decorates everything. Like, he's the go-to guy in this, mm-hmm. in this small town. Uh, Danny DeVito moves in. Now, he's like Mr. Big Shot. Like, he starts buying everything, and everybody start kissing, starts kissing Danny's ass and whatever the character name okay. is, Danny DeVito's ass. And now Mr. Danny DeVito's becoming Mr. Christmas. And Matthew Broderick is like, no, 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 I'm Mr. Christmas. And then Danny was, DeVito's just really shady and kind of mean to Matthew. And it's like, it's just a good, fun movie. I, I watched it again this year. Was it on? It's not on anywhere. It's, yeah, you got to rent it. So I'm going to look for the, I'm going to go ahead and try to find the DVD for it. Yeah, it's pretty and good. see if it's at like Best Buy or something to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I will definitely check this one out. Uh, we also watch, have you ever seen Daddy's Home 2? Uh, no, I see Daddy's Home, the first one, and the second one, I, so, I was told it was terrible. So no, 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 I, no. I did so here, watch it. No, no. Daddy's, Daddy's Home 1 I thought was stupid. Daddy's Home 2 is got laugh out loud moments. It's a Christmas movie. With There's, John Lithgow? No. Yeah, John Lithgow, Mel Gibson, yeah, Mark Wahlberg, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like it. Do you saw the second one? Yeah. With John Cena in it? Yeah. Oh, man. The, the best part of that movie, <laughs> the end... When they're doing, they they all get stuck at a movie theater because uh, mm-hmm. the town gets snowed in, and yeah. they play 
the do they know it's Christmas time song? And John Cena's got this line. He's like, this is my favorite song ever. I'll play it in August. I don't even care. <laughs> like my wife and I have been saying that all week. Like I'll mm-hmm. play it in August. I don't even care. So don't listen to Eric. Go watch Daddy's Home too. It'll make you laugh. Oh, okay. You have to like, watch <laughs> You have to like Will Ferrell though. So. Oh, I love Will Ferrell. Do you? He's hit or miss for me. What's your favorite Christmas movie before we get into this week's show? Uh, for the longest time until they started playing it every year, it was uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay. Like, um, I, I still want to say that's my favorite, but Elf is moving up there pretty quick. Yeah, with Miles Finch. Uh, Elf's a movie I'm, I'm starting to notice more. Like, the Miles Finch part is hilarious. Like, yeah. here's the deal. We bring in Miles Finch. <laughs> like, 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 you're, you're my two best writers, and you want to bring in another writer? <laughs> <laughs> they give him, like, an envelope full of cash before he gets yeah. started and shows up, but he wants it 72 degrees, whatever the envelope is. <laughs> yeah, in the limo, right? Yeah, in a, in a, no, a black something, a black, whatever series it was. I haven't seen it enough to yeah. have it memorized like other movies, so... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very good, and I think that's a movie that I think I don't want to like. I'm like, oh, it's, it's too much. I've seen it too many times, but we watched it yesterday, and I was – you get sucked yeah. in. You, you like, like it. Like, there's a lot of good scenes I genuinely like when um, – um, I forget her name. Uh, Jovi? Zoe Deschanel. Jovi. Yeah. yeah, when, she, when she's uh, you know pretty much taking a shower in the mall, yeah. and she starts singing uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside, mm-hmm. and Will Ferrell kind of you know, snuggle – or. Uh, what do you call it? Crisscrosses? <laughs> crisscross crisscross applesauce. applesauce. Yeah. yeah. I was going to call it something else. He, he jumps up on like the sake and he crisscross applesauce and he's kind of like mumbling to himself or, or singing softly like the man part and she's singing her part and or whatever part they were. In. Yeah. And they come, come at the end like, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> he closes his eyes and boom, smashes it into the door. And his manager is also hilarious too. He's like, guys, we are in this together. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's the name of the, uh, the, name yeah. of the code word or whatever. Or right. Santa's every, got a brand every, new bag. Every time I see him, I'm like, he's got, I forget what comedian he was, but he's a, he's a great uh, mall mm-hmm. manager. Yeah, my favorite's Home Alone, and we did it last year. Me and my my friend Mike from uh, Ciders Creative, we did a look back on it, and I may look. We mm-hmm. may we're talking about trying to arrange it to do a look back at Home Alone two, so for a special holiday episode. So keep an eye out for that, everybody. Uh, Home Alone's my favorite, and if you want to hear more about why, go back in the archives. Uh, PPW Christmas Special Home Alone. You can find that on SoundCloud or iTunes, and just like all of our shows in the archive, they're all free. Uh, to look back at so take take a listen back and if you've ever you know listening to an old show and we say something we forgot about or you say something we thought was funny or something let me know because there's a good chance yeah. i forgot so it, it's fun to see that all right so this week's show we're going to talk about the attitude era now we're obviously not going to do a whole like you know three thousand feet in the air view of the attitude era and go over how it started how it ended uh, key moments the biggest moments because right. there's so much. We taught, we were texting about it. This could be like a 10-part show. There's an entire podcast called the Attitude Era Podcast mm-hmm. where, they, where they go through just and It's been on for stuff. years. Yeah. <laughs> there's just so much stuff, right? And it's yeah. all and it's not all great, but there's a lot of great stuff in this. Now, so, so being as a viewer and then, you know, uh, being in touch with what was going on in wrestling, there's just there's so much that's like talked about in, in documentaries and documentaries and just all this different footage. And they even did the Monday Night Wars and the best of the attitude era. There's just so much about it that there's so much that I think has been repeated like 50 million times. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to pick some things that you know it may have been mentioned and whatever, but I thought this like these uh, of what I'm going to talk about were kind of key moments for me. 
Yeah, and for even, the, even even though the big ones were obviously, but these are maybe like B level, C level stuff that you know I still thought w- was really important for the Attitude Era. Or or they're just your or just stuff you just liked. Like don't get yeah. mad, don't get mad at us this week if we don't include Austin Stuns McMahon, <laughs> you know, yeah. or the Bret Hart Stone Cold submission match from WrestleMania 13, or right. Tyson and Austin. Like there, there's a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. but we we just can't touch it all and. Originally, we were all going to include some matches, too, but after we did the lists, our lists, it seemed like it would be better just to do kind of moments or segments or talking or interviews or something. So we'll get we'll get through all those now. Right. I mentioned uh, at the start of the show that this is kind of in a wheelhouse, and it should be in a wheelhouse, but our wheelhouse really is 89 to 93, 94, I would say, as far as our yeah. fandom and as far as like our nostalgia and all that, but... In the Attitude Era, especially 97, 98, I was, like, obsessed with wrestling. And you you were all in on wrestling. You were watching every week, too. Yeah, I was. But this is the thing. Like, I was in high school. And then after high school, like, there's so much wrestling. And it wasn't just – it's just all the different storylines, all the different characters. And there was so – like, everybody was, like, hot. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was over. Like, everybody from, you know, the Rocks and the Austins down to, like – I don't know, like Kai and Tai and, and Val Venus. Like, I, I was interested in every single thing that was going on. And there's just so many different storylines. When I look back, I'm like, holy hell, <laughs> there was like a lot that happened. And it's then true. there's all the Nitro stuff. I'm like, man, I, I watched a lot of wrestling and half of it I don't remember. But if you mention it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's weird, though, because I don't have any like warm feelings like I do when we talk about some of these older shows, like 91, 92, yeah. 93. Mm-hmm. And you and I are, are I think, six, six years apart. You're like six years older than me, I think. Yeah. So that's not a big deal now, but when you're a kid, a six-year-old and a 12-year-old's huge, you know, or a 12-year-old <laughs> right. and an 18-year-old. That's like yeah, a big right. difference. So yeah. it would make sense why I would have a little bit more warm feelings for that because I was a little younger and mm-hmm. you're a little older. But even still, like, these are fun to go back and watch. And I do from time to time watch Ad Hudera pay-per-views and I've found yeah. that the pay-per-views in particular, only the main event usually lives up to like the hype and the mm-hmm. undercard matches usually kind of blah. Whereas on these some of these golden era 80s, 90s shows, I I love pretty much the whole thing. And the wrestling's not necessarily better. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's hard to explain. But if you're a fan like we are, it, it makes sense, I think. Yeah, a lot of what I realized after I wrote down everything that I thought was like fun and cool and just kind of innovative and I don't know, just kept my attention. It wasn't wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the characters. It was the the comedy of everything. And, and I don't know. I just I, I loved that stuff. I mean, the wrestling was good, but none of this stuff on my list is wrestling related. Was there a shift for you in high school when you were like, high school, college, when the Attitude Era starts kicking off and wrestling in general is becoming more popular that wrestling becomes more acceptable within your f- group of friends. Like, yeah, we all, it's all cool. Yeah. We all watch it. Oh yeah. yeah. I had, I had way more friends <laughs> that liked wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I had about the same amount of friends when I, when I didn't, when they didn't watch wrestling. So maybe, you know, six, seven guys and you know, a couple of girls, this and that, but you know, obviously in this era, like even the girls were talking about wrestling. And I, I told you before that I went with uh, two girls that uh, used to work with. They went to a Nitro show mm-hmm. with me and they were into it. And it was like, I don't know, it was like cool. This they had was that in common. probably 98, 99, my freshman or sophomore year of high school. We were doing a pep rally, I think, for the, the football game or homecoming or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And we're all in the gym and the school's kind of filing in to take the, and the bleachers in the gym. And 
there's the two guys that they must have been part of student council, whoever they were, or they may have been football players, but they were like the mm-hmm. host of the pep rally. And they're always the host. And I didn't know them because they were seniors and I was a freshman, but they were always charismatic and funny and they seemed nice and, and whatever. But I remember this one time we come in and like the place isn't completely full yet. People are still kind of filing in, but the mic's on. Mm-hmm. And they started doing the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> the DX one. And I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, are they going to do this? And yeah. he goes, and at first he said the badass. I'm like, oh my God, he said badass on the <laughs> microphone. He goes, we got two yeah. words for you. And he put the mic up, but not enough people like really knew. I'm like, yeah. are they going to say suck it? They didn't. I would imagine the assistant oh, I principal. I going to say you said suck it. <laughs> I was kind of like looking around thinking like, am I the only one who like knows what they're doing? Or is yeah. like other people into this? So that was when it clicked for me. My like, oh, a lot of people like wrestling. Yeah, that that's fun. It, it's coming in. Because I remember freshman year specifically, I remember this. I had on, I still have this T-shirt, a Stone Cold shirt. It was the one with a half skull, half face. Mm-hmm. And it was on the back. And the way the classroom was set up, there was one person. It was kind of split in half. And the teacher would kind of walk in the middle of the classroom. So there was only one person behind me. And there was this kid behind me that was kind of a jackass. And he wasn't even a bully because he was too nerdy and like, kind of scrawny to be a bully Mm -hmm. but he was kind of like pushing with his foot on my chair my desk forward at first and like i kind of like adjusted he was like oh sorry so i'm like oh maybe there's an accident but he started of course he said sorry (laughs) well then let let me finish what an asshole then he started like kind of mocking me because i had the shirt on he goes stone cold stone cold (laughs) you know so i'm kind of getting hot and right. he's pushing me with, and he's pushing, pushing, and I said, fuck it. And I slammed back as hard as I could with my chair into his desk, and he went to the wall, and he went, oh! I remember you going, oh! And, like, the teacher was in the middle of a lecture, so it was this obvious, you know, yeah. big commotion. She turns like over. screeching desks and the yeah. slam of the desk. And, oh! <laughs> she turns over, and she looks at me, and she looks at him. She goes, I bet I'll stop now. And I was like, yeah, she saw what he was doing. Screw him. <laughs> that was my big moment. But that next year... That same guy, I remember, asked, not me, but one of my friends about raw tickets. I'm like, screw you. Mm-hmm. You thought you were whatever. Yeah, he thought you were so cool. I was the cool one. It was me all along. <laughs> it was me all along. I was the you cool took one. You took your mask off. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so let's get right into these. these some of our favorite moments. And some of my moments are more, I guess, common, like you said, more the more memorable ones. But- uh-huh. I do want to pick out some things that I think people forget about because I think a lot of the times people watch the YouTube clips or just the specific segment and not the show as a whole or the segment as a whole. Yeah. So do you want to go first or or me? Well, I kind of thought maybe we would just kind of start like, I'm not going to go through the whole promo, but I I would say King of the Ring 96 is Stone Cold. You know, he defeats Jake the Snake Roberts at the time. Jake the Snake is a Bible thumper. And... Uh, Stone Cold ends up winning. So he goes unscripted, says Austin 316, said, I just whipped your ass. And to me, that's kind of like, and I think in, in other people's eyes, that's that's the beginning of this attitude era. So I really liked Austin. I, I didn't like Jake coming back because he just looked, you know, I mean, he was overweight. He was wearing like a vest. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like the Jake that I, I liked in the, in the early 90s and late 80s and I'm like this guy looks terrible <laughs> and yeah. he was in the finals of the king of the ring and i kind of liked austin because i don't know if you remember like he was with the hollywood blondes and at the time i liked that tag team and then i didn't really see him but apparently he was an ecw i didn't watch that at the time and then i see him show up as the ringmaster this and that and he i don't know i just kind of liked him and when he just goes off this it's like holy shit like this is like this is a good attitude <laughs> like I, I like this guy now 
So you were all in on Austin all of a sudden. I was because it wasn't like the you know the the PG thirteen stuff. Like he was kind of swearing, and it was like whoa. Well, you remember Doc Hendricks like kind of like looked after he said ass. He's like, what what, what did you say, ass? (laughs) Yeah. I was still young enough where I was all for Jake winning. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. They're pushing him back because this, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, revelations. You know, he's got his retribution story and his comeback. But Austin whooped his ass. (laughs) He did. I felt like that was the beginning of the Attitude Era. My favorite part of that is not the Austin 316 line. He goes, you sit mm-hmm. there and you say your prayers and you thump your Bible, right, but it didn't yeah. get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. <laughs> talk about John 316. The, the buildup is better than that. And then, yeah. It's well, just, I, I, I would have said all that, but I forgot it. <laughs> but isn't it crazy that something like that kind of, not offhand, but that promo that was set up because Jake was this born-again Christian and all that stuff made what the best-selling wrestling t-shirt of all time because yeah, of that isn't that no crazy and, and they're still selling yeah i have one that i, I bought like a couple years ago when i went when i met to austin and yeah. they still sell them at live events like chicago 316 or whatever mm-hmm. it is or whatever city 316 they're right. still cashing in on that so definitely that was i i wasn't an austin fan pretty much until the Bret Hart feud in up at, at like Survivor Series '96, like that's around when I started turning because he was talking about how Bret's a crybaby and all that. I'm like, yeah, Bret is a crybaby. Mm. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. The Austin 316 shirt was a big deal too. I remember my friend Jason got it from the catalog and like he like at first like didn't want to wear it because he didn't want to wash it or whatever, like get it faded yeah. out and all that. And it was like an XL and we're in seventh grade, so it's giant on him, but. That's what you wore back then. You were bit. You wore big clothes. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. All right. So, I'm going to talk about my favorite, not my favorite, but one of one of my most memorable moments of the Attitude Era, and it's the bedpan incident where Austin hits <laughs> Vince over the head with the bedpan. Yeah. But there's so much more to this, including the Mister Sacco and all that stuff. So I kind of want to set the stage for yeah. everyone, and I encourage everyone to go back and watch this stuff because, like I said, I'm sure a lot of you have seen these before and seen them a ton, but you don't remember the build or the background with everything. Yeah, so, this, so the date on this was October 5th, 1998. Yeah. But yeah. the setup starts on the Raw the week before, on September 28th, 98. And this is set up because the pay-per-view the night before was a, uh, what was it, a two-on-one match, uh, Kane and Undertaker versus Austin for the title. Right. They both pinned Austin, so there was no champion. Austin takes the belt, or I'm sorry, Vince takes the belt away. The next well, I, th- I thought I thought it was no. Go ahead. What I thought they both got like counted out by no no. no, so no they, I think that's later on. Go on. Yes, they, yeah, they both lay on Austin and one two three no champion. Yeah, this is also the same night as the Zamboni three sixteen, where mm-hmm. Austin comes out with the Zamboni, beats the hell out of Vince, starts you know <laughs> beating him up and all that. Kane yeah. and Undertaker just kind of let it happen. <laughs> you know, in the, we're in the middle of the ring during this promo. Yeah. They just kind of let it happen. Well, he's out there addressing the championship. Like, yeah, what's going to happen? This and that. Austin comes out, beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, right. They're still standing there just watching him. Another thing that my friends and I were like blown away by and debated about. So Austin had the custom smoking skull title mm-hmm. in like the little case. Wasn't the Attitude Era Big Eagle that Vince had to present? It was the old Winged Eagle belt. So we we're like, oh, is that coming back and whatever? Yeah, it was a big yeah, deal. I thought that one was cool. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So after Austin gets arrested, Kane the Undertaker decide to take Vince's leg because he just say he tells them neither of them are champions. They lay it down uh, on the outside of the ring, 
and the steps in between the two steps, Kane lifts up the the steps, smashes Vince's ankle, like smashes it, you know, and it's yeah. oh god, oh god. But so, but that whole thing, like all the lead up to that, was just amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he's telling Undertaker and Kane, like I've been having you guys try to watch my back, and I've been beat up by Austin. You try to watch his back, protect him from Austin. Austin's beat him up three times in the past week. He says, so he's like, you know, if you guys want the title, you guys are gonna have to fight for it. And he calls, I think he calls him handicapped or, or something like that. He's yeah. like, you're physically handicapped, you're mentally handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> Taker gets pissed. He's like, the next time you get out of line, Vince, you're going to be the one who's handicapped. <laughs> what so they turn great around, line. <laughs> yeah, so they turn around to go out of the ring, and Vince is like, Ugh, and he's like flipping both of them off. And I don't remember if Taker saw him in the Titantron flipping him off, or he saw him out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> so that's what pissed Undertaker and Kane off, because, you know, he got out of line again. <laughs> yeah, so they're back. So, so they take Vince back stage the stooges and vince is like screaming in pain they're waiting for the ambulance with his busted ankle here comes mick foley trying to hand him a pop like with a straw and popcorn (laughs) he's so adorable like yeah i mean obviously he's not but i'm just saying like he just comes out being all like i don't know like like a kid like here vince i got a drink for you (laughs) patterson and briscoe are leaving you could tell like Briscoe was about to break laughing because <laughs> yeah. I was dying. I don't know how Vince didn't break because it's so funny. Like he just shoving the pop like into his face. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, when you're at the arena, you get the giant big gulp with the straw. Yeah. And that's when he's shoving it in the popcorn. <clears throat> and then eventually the ambulance shows up. They're putting him in the ambulance and fall. <laughs> still there, like kind of trying to sneak in the pop into Vince. Yeah. It's, I wonder that's if classic. that was improv or what? But that's I think the, it, it had to be because I mean that's <laughs> knowing how how uh, Mick Foley is like that's just his sense of humor. So and I don't know if that was written in, but so that's the I, that's the setup for the next week on Raw, yeah. where Vince is in the hospital, and the reason there's a camera crew there is because Vince is going to do an interview to address the championship. So Vince is from, his, from his hospital room. He's all pissed off. He's in a hospital gown, and then the nurse is telling him, "You have a visitor." He's like, what do you mean you have visitors? Like, he's a large man. He won't leave. And then Vince is thinking it's going to be stone cold. And here comes yeah. Mick Foley you know, with his crappy balloons. Gives him his noisemaker. He's like, woo! Like, not the not the Ric Flair, but the noisemaker. Just, big, yeah, that, that's the sound. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing it in his face. He's got the chocolates. He gives Vince the chocolates. And Vince opens it up. It's not even like a big box. It's the... Mm-hmm. Like it's the like dollar store, chocolate. yeah, you get from the grocery store, and he opens it up, and he's like, "Mick, they're, they're, these are half eaten." Like Vince is just disgusted, <laughs> and then he yeah. talks about some female entertainment coming, and it's Yerpel the clown. Well, he's like, "I got some female entertainment, if you know what I mean." <laughs> she does a trick with a dog that you won't believe. And he's like, "Oh," and then she, and then also there's a couple things like there's a couple little things that I loved. One, uh-huh. Mick Foley's got a smiley face sticker on his shirt. Like, why does he have mm-hmm. that? And then a second later, Yerpel's like, here we go, Vince. I got a sticker for you. And puts the same smiley face <laughs> sticker on Vince's sleeve. So, uh-huh. you know, in your head, you're thinking Mick meets her in the in the lobby. He's like, oh, hey. <laughs> she gives him the sticker. <laughs> right. Little fun stuff like that. And then Mr. Sacco's introduced, obviously, all that stuff. And again, you guys yeah. have seen the main bullet points of this before. But the, go back and watch the whole segment. Yeah, so on the network, this is 20 minutes and 18 seconds, roughly, is, is where you know this segment starts. Yeah, I and think it's broken up into a second part later yeah, in the show. There's chapters of it, too. There's like little little bookmarks on the network, too, depending on what mm-hmm. app you're using. 
And, you know, like you said, he's got the little whistle. He's like, like, He's just being extremely annoying, but he thinks he's, (laughs) he's so like sweet and genuine. He thinks he's, he's doing this for the betterment of events, like to make him feel better, lift his spirits. And the best part is leave. Damn it, leave. <laughs> and as a dad, I relate to that too. You're like, yeah. leave me alone. Just leave. <laughs> like he just gets so fed up. And Vince is trying hard not to be a dick, but he just has enough. Because <laughs> I think in his head, he's like, okay, I want Mick here to defend me mm-hmm. in case Austin shows up. Right. And, and then Vince is being a dick to, after Foley gets kicked out. <laughs> Vince is being a dick to the nurse. He's like, is it, is it normal? Well, can I, let me, let me yeah. just say something. What I thought was really fun. <laughs> Mick Foley, obviously, you know, he brings his hand up. He's like, oh, Mr. Sacco, and doing all this stuff. He's like, let me kiss your boo-boo. And he kind of struggles to get up from his knees, and he almost, like, falls, like, stumbles, like, over. He starts, starts kissing. <laughs> McMahon's, like, wrapped up ankle with his with Sacco. He's like, stop it, stop it. It's just so fun. Like, this whole, like, segment as a whole. So please go back and watch the whole thing. And then, like I said, the nurse is checking Vince's blood pressure and Vince is being an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. is it normal? Like it was every other time. I can't wait to. He looks through. He goes, I can't wait to get out of here. And then <laughs> I'll take it from here, nurse. Austin beats the hell out of me. How about your foot? Starts pounding his foot and <laughs> hits him with the bedpan. And that's a classic Just moment. Just that sound like clang. <laughs> he did, it wasn't. He didn't hold back. He hit him as no, hard he, as he walloped could. him with it. Hard as he could. And he beats him up, jolts, jolts him up with those defibrillator paddles for heart attacks. Yeah, and then shoves a, something up his ass or whatever. So yeah. all in all, 10 out of 10 segment. It's so great. Go back and watch it. It's, it's one we've all seen. But watch mm-hmm. it. Watch the week before. Watch the build up and watch this too. It's it's great. So, what do you got next? Well, earlier in that year, I've got the it's from February second, nineteen ninety eight. It's the DX State of the Union. Yes. So a couple of weeks up into this, you know, uh, they're doing the whole suck it. They're kind of bare assing and just making lewd and and sex jokes and all that and genitalia, just everything, just complete attitude. Like, hey, so are we before, going too far? Before, hold on, before you go, because I know we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Even though we're not necessarily a, a beeping show, try to censor a few of the words because some of them are pretty rough that HBK and Triple H say. Go ahead. Well, they do get bleeped. Right. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, well, I guess I'll censor the, the ones that they do say. <laughs> so so they, the, the show opens up and it's, it's uh, uh, narrator says, you know, we've been interrupted for your regular scheduled program, the special report. And then the like the patriotic, and I had to look what this was. It was a Washington Post March, I think it's dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's not it, but anyway. And they got like the presidential CEO with the DX and all and the spray, which I thought was in- interesting. It was hail to the chief, by the way, is what you're thinking of, is the song. Du, du, no, du. I, I yeah, that what I was doing was hail to the chief, but okay. the one that they played was a different. Okay, okay. So HPK is standing at the podium. He's got Triple H to his right, China on his left, and he's he's addresses the cable networks like Sky Sports, TSN, and USA drawn the line on standards and practices as it relates to WWF programming and Degeneration X. And I'm like, this is kind of, all right, interesting. <laughs> but he's so almost like formal about it. And the Triple H follows up. He's like, yeah, DX promises not to say beep, beep, beep. And it goes on to get bleeped. And he's like, sexual and racial slurs. <laughs> he's like, but we will only be able to say, and this ass, Damn, and a couple and, other ones. He's like, and bitch. <laughs> he says it. <laughs> and less references to their to their enormous genitalia. <laughs> so here's the thing about this this whole press conference. Did you ever get the DX VHS cassette that came out? 
No. Okay, so I'll let you watch it. They have the complete uncensored press conference with this, and they say okay. all the words in it. So that's why when this tape came out, my friends and I watched it mm-hmm. 700 times. We were laughing so hard. And, like, the funniest part is when Triple H says something, watch your effing mouth, but he says it. <laughs> and he's like, well, he's yeah. like, F me or whatever. F like they're just dropping him like crazy. So yeah, and I well, watched this on the network, so it was bleeped out already. Yeah, it's going to be bleeped out, but the VHS tape is definitely uh, uncensored, as as you want to call it. Right, and you can tell like China, like towards the end, she's starting to almost crack mm-hmm. because they're being so goofy. And he and Sean takes over. He finishes as like President Clinton. He's like, I did not sleep with that intern, but I was up all night. <laughs> DX is a group that. At the time, especially 90s DX, we yeah. thought was, like, amazing. But looking back, like, oh, wow, you're just 30-year-old dorks, you know, with, with dick jokes. But at the time, it was great. I don't think it ages very well for people that didn't experience it live. I could be wrong, but for me, if you didn't, if you weren't watching at the time, it didn't age very well. Yeah. Well, I think their demographic was, like, 18 to 30. So, I mean, if you were in that time period, I mean, the 90s were kind of irreverent in their own. I don't know. It just fits what was happening in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Cause you didn't, you had like, you know, Jerry Springer and, and all those other shows like crash TV stuff. And I don't even know what else was on. Howard was, Stern yeah, like was on yeah. E network and all that. And Howard, yeah. Howard Stern episode, every like Howard Stern was like, look at these broads. I'm getting aroused over here. I got an erection, mm-hmm. Robin. I got an erection. <laughs> like that's was every episode. Jenna Jameson would be there or something. Mm-hmm. And he would have wrestlers on his, his show. Which yeah. which kind of tied the two together. Yeah, there's like an interview with Stephen McMahon on there when mm-hmm. she was dating. He's like, you, you you do you do anal? Does does Hunter give you do you give does Hunter give you anal? <laughs> anal? Do, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the pleasure? And she's just like laughing at him. Like, yeah. This is so weird. It was weird, but All at right. the time it was like it was accepted. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think another reason why this attitude era, at least for me, isn't like a warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. is because this 98 99 97 this is like the era of like bro like kind of douchebaggy ishy culture you know you've got bands like limp biscuit not like limp biscuit by the way like yeah. limp biscuit and corn and like basically all of woodstock 99 is like yeah, coming to a right. head and mm-hmm. it's not like a wholesome time you know no, in the 90, 94 you got hootie and the blowfish you got the goo goo dolls and all that stuff <laughs> you got some good wholesome music the counting crows and yeah. natalie and bruglia <laughs> they've been hanging around and all this stuff but yeah you know Basically, look at the Woodstock 99 set list, and you'll see <laughs> what we're talking about here. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, mine, so that's that's mine. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think that's one people don't talk about as much, probably because they don't show it as much, for obvious yeah. reasons. All right, mine is going to be the network premiere, not the pilot, but the actual network premiere of SmackDown, the first SmackDown. And okay. specifically, the main event of The Rock versus Triple H versus for the WWF title where Shawn Michaels is a special guest referee. Shawn is also the commissioner at this time, too. Mm-hmm. So in around this time, this is right after SummerSlam 99, my interest in wrestling was a little bit falling off here. Like, it kind of peaked, and then 99 into 2000, I'm, like, starting to try to date girls, and I'm trying to do other things with my friends. So, it's like, wrestling and me, I'm still watching, but I'm not crazy into it anymore. I mean, I am, but I'm not. It's It's, it's hard to explain. Okay. When this SmackDown came on, it like kind of re-peaked my interest in wrestling. Like, okay, I'm in again. You know, I'm I'm in to watch this. And yeah, uh, this one I I remember 
I was super pumped because when I watched it live, I don't know if it was live, but I watched it live obviously when it was on. Mm-hmm. It was on basic free TV, which WWE was pushing as a big deal. I didn't care because I had cable, but it was a big deal to certain people. And the first show, they do a championship main event, and this is the one where Shawn Michaels ends up turning on, I guess, The Rock and just joining with Triple H. The Rock's going to go for the people's elbow and for the win. Shawn Michaels super kicks him, turns on Triple H, gets the win. I was legitimately shocked at mm-hmm. this. I remember being like, whoa, I did not see that turn coming and being kind of pissed because I like Shawn Michaels so much. I'm like, no, no, I don't want him to be a bad guy. And you said this is the first SmackDown? Yeah. this is not. So this is not the first pilot, but the first SmackDown. So they did like a little yeah. pilot test thing. And this is the actual first weekly show. Okay. Also on the show, I was kind of watching it today. They have the uh, test proposing to Stephanie McMahon angle. So that's starting there too. She proposes to him and she says, yes, this is after he beats Shane, the lover or leave her match at SummerSlam 99. Mm -hmm. So the test Stephanie thing, which didn't have quite the same emotional appeal as Macho and Liz proposal, (laughs) but close. Uh, But yeah, that that's, I just had this on here specifically because it really re-peaked my interest in wrestling, especially at a time where I was starting to become lapsed a little bit, but it brought me back in at least through, at least through the rest of 99 and into WrestleMania 2000 for sure. Yeah, that's cool. The other thing that I really liked about this show was it was new, but it didn't feel like a B show. You know, like I remember WCW Thunder came out and you're like, oh, this is kind of like not the regular good show. Whereas yeah. SmackDown was still, had all the stars on it. You know, and I, I kind of wonder why WCW's felt felt so th- like stretched thin. Well, they did a lot of uh, re- like highlights of what happened on Monday. So it was like you do like a wrestling segment, then it was like ten minutes of what happened on Nitro. Mm-hmm. Then they do like a backstage segment for Thunder, then they just do a highlight like, highlight of Nitro. So it was more like a recap show. Yeah, but I guess I guess WWE treats SmackDown like its own legit yeah. show right and it was fun for a while and i know there's like the kind of the golden era of the ruthless aggression era where everyone loves smackdown i wasn't watching at the time but mm-hmm. yeah this 99 as this 99 year was great and it also had arnold schwarzenegger on there as a guest host where he was promoted promoting end of days and i always remember kane came out like during some segment on arnold's uh-huh. on commentary he's like this guy looks like just one of the guys in my new movie end of days <laughs> <laughs> you ever see end of days yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I watched it recently for like a Halloween movie this year. Uh-huh. It's so dumb, but so fun. And like Arnold tells Satan, it's like, you're like a choir boy compared to me. <laughs> he tells <laughs> Satan that. And it's it's good. It's a good Arnold movie. It's no T2, but it's a good Arnold movie. It's no, I've watched it's no, a lot of. It's, it's no T3. <laughs> I, I've, that's on my next list. I've, I've watched a lot of Arnold movies recently, just kind uh-huh. of for fun. And I watched Predator. I watched uh, Total Recall, Terminator 2, and, and End of Days, and. I think T2 is obviously going to be the best, but Total Recall is also pretty great, too. So, Total it is. Re- yeah, so. yeah. Either way, the fun memories for me watching this first SmackDown for sure. And if you guys want to check it out, go for it on the network. It's the first episode. It's on there. What do you got next? Um, we're kind of talking about some of the same stuff. So That's one okay. of the things from, the, I think, the same show that you want to talk about, the Undertaker symbol with Austin. The one where he rescues stephanie no the one where um under undertaker puts him on the undertaker symbol oh Crucible. puts austin on there yeah so yeah, i don't have that, that episode. different go ahead oh you don't no oh, okay so <laughs> i'm going to this december 7th 1998 i was watching this episode it's raw and 
I, I was kind of just going through it and, and listening to it, waiting until something to kind of like, you know, grab my attention. But there, I don't know if you remember that WWF had cologne and uh, yeah, <laughs> a dead toilet for women. I don't remember. I don't remember the perfume. That's even yeah, better. It was a perfume for women and cologne for men. So about the 20 minute mark of this episode, they got two bluesy beat that guys. One's like just kind of strumming like a bass, big bass guitar. And the other guys weren't like a beret. And he's like, uh, you know, doing a little snapping. Mm-hmm. He's like, attitude, attitude, <laughs> painful of pain, touch of disdain, and throwing some taker and cane. <laughs> and then they just go through this whole spiel. It's like, get your WWF attitude, attitude cologne for men and blah, 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 blah. Call 1-800 and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, if that is not 90s WWF, <laughs> I don't know what is. So I, I got a kick out of that commercial. Imagine you're dating a girl. Like, hey, that's your so perfume, baby. <laughs> I got you some perfume. <laughs> She's like, what the hell is this? I, I bet some guy got a, got his lady a perfume of uh, at that toilet WWF I, attitude. Do you think there was some wrestling fans that you know popped that uh, attitude perfume on, or cologne on before a big date? Of course. I mean, you had your cool water cologne, your Dracar, and your WWF attitude. <laughs> were you ever? Were you a cologne guy? Yeah, I had uh, Dracar. And what about now? Had, he had had it. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have some like Nautica Sport, but I, I rarely wear it. I don't think I've ever worn cologne. I'm sure I have. Yeah, but I remember my dad used to wear cologne. So like, it reminds me of like what? What, what would he wear? I forget the name of it. It's like whatever. It was the most popular one that all old guys wore. Like dad brute. Wore. Yeah, that's what yeah. That's it was. what my dad has. He has brute. I mean, you got to. You know. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, this is now a cologne podcast. I think I remember. I think for me, like I wear deodorant, and like the deodorant's got a pretty nice smell to it. You know. It so does. I yeah. yeah, I like my I like my Old Spice. Uh, ocean Ocean. Oh yeah, I got Bear Glove Old Spice. All right, Bear both, Glove. Both legit. All right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I did buy colognes. I remember I even went to, I was at the Dollar Tree one day. I'm like, oh, they got cologne here. So I started spraying them and it says, you know, whatever ingredients for Drakkar. So for a while I had some Dollar Tree colognes, like for a dollar each. And I remember my, it was an ex-girlfriend. She was saying, why do you wear that stuff? She's like, there's no name on it. So I'm like, I don't know. It smells like, you know, whatever it says, it smells smell like, like CK1 or some shit. CK1. <laughs> And I don't know if that was the guys or the girls, but it was some Calvin Klein cologne, like knockoff. And then there was a Ralph Lauren knockoff. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I got 10 colognes for $10. <laughs> I remember one of my buddies, my other friend, Derek, his his mom, he didn't have like really many any aunts or uncles. He had like what he called his mm-hmm. fake aunts and uncles. Yeah. And every year we'd always like we, we would always wait to see which his mom's like best friend what crappy gift she got him because mm-hmm. it was always the one where you know she went to walgreens day of was like oh god what i gotta get this kid like one yeah. year it was like a car calendar and then like four years in a row it was like the tommy hilfiger watch slash cologne slash like you know uh like what like bracelet combo pack from walgreens and so he <laughs> yeah. always be like you want some tommy hilfiger cologne like no i don't want some tommy cologne why not? Come I don't on. know. Well, if you're a cologne guy or a perfume girl or a girl that likes cologne or a guy that likes cologne. PPW, or a guy that likes perfume. <laughs> PPW podcast on Twitter for sure. Yeah. So th- so later in that show. Perfume reminds re- me of strippers. I don't know. That's just, that's just oh, what I think. Well, it depends. Okay. If it smells like vanilla. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Go ahead. 
So I, I wanted to watch this show because I knew at the end, I wanted to find out. I didn't want to find out. I wanted to kind of relive the whole crucifixion of Steve Austin. On the <laughs> sure. Symbol. So I'm like, this is the episode. So I found it. I started, I put it on. That's when I found the, uh, the, the commercial. So then later on, it's about an hour and 32 into this. It's the rock and the undertaker versus mankind and stone cold. So mankind towards the end of it, everything, all hell just breaks loose. And, and mankind is team with stone cold, the rock and undertaker, whatever all bets are off so mankind mm-hmm. gets handcuffed to the ring rope and taker knocks austin out and throws him out of the ring and it just ends it's just it's over it's not even a match anymore he starts beating him in the in the the audience and in the outside and whacks him in the head with a shovel <laughs> <laughs> so not so knock stone cold out him and his druids are dragging austin up the ramp and they've got like the undertaker symbol on the ground. So they lay Austin on it and they're tying him up or chaining him to this thing. And they pull this whole like symbol up into the air and Austin's up there like, you know, Jesus on the cross. And it's like, it was so cringy, but I, I just liked, <laughs> I, I liked this version of the undertaker and where he was going with it. Just the dark evil and all that like ministry type taker. So I thought that was interesting. That's I remember that symbol thing. And I remember not really associating it with it, like being a crucifixion or really being like offended. But looking back at now, like, oh, you guys basically did that and got away with it because you called it a symbol and not a cross. Yeah. When I was watching it, I didn't, I didn't see the two, which is, I'm probably stupid, but I didn't see how it played off of the cross itself. It was just, I'm just in my own wrestling world with Undertaker and Stone Cold having their thing. So... But then I, I would read later, like, oh, you know, they got hell from this, from Christians and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, it's, it's something to be offended by. You're like, that's fair. I, I get it. <laughs> I understand. I get it. You're cool with me, WWF. I, we, I got a couple more. Uh, one of them's a quick one. Sure. And it's it's the uh, Raw before WrestleMania 15. And it's not, it's the beer truck, but it's not the actual beer truck incident. My favorite part of this is the Stone Cold promo, which it's one of my favorite like quick promos ever and i'm gonna insert it here into the show so everybody can hear it for the last few weeks shut your little lips why can't i put your little glasses off right now for the last few weeks i come out here and i sit here and listen to you spend your little nursery rhymes about jabroni avenue or know your own boulevard jesus christ son you better get your ass serious because Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to take his ass to Philadelphia, check right in to the SmackDown Hotel, roll right in to Room 316, and burn that son of a bitch to the ground. So what I liked the best about it was Stone Cold just a badass. Like he's not, Uh it's not a joke. This is like serious business to him. He's like, he even says to Rock, he goes, like I said, like you just heard, coming out here, spinning your little nursery rhymes, talking about Jabroni Avenue. He's like, you better get your ass serious, your ass serious, son. <laughs> and yeah. the best line ever is like, I'm going to check right in to the SmackDown Hotel, pull in through 316 and burn that son of a bitch to the ground. Like the way he says to the ground and you can't, you got to watch it because he just like yeah. stares off at the camera. He's like, he means business. He doesn't Did you feel care. like Stone Cold taught you how to be a man. Maybe it, it's part of Me it. Too. At least drinking beer. Like he was not. This is <laughs> not a joke. Beer. I'm here it's to not. get my my championship. 
I'm the I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he's a BMF. Yeah, I'm not a you know a, a jackass, not a, a baby face to be messed with. I'm not like Mr. Nice Guy. Like that's why Austin was so good, and that's yeah. why the crowd loved him so much. Like this was a, the real deal. Like this is who I am, and that's also who he was. If you ever want to see something funny? Go on YouTube, watch Stone Cold get punked. And he is the exact <laughs> same person in yeah. real life that he is in wrestling. You ever seen it? Stone um, Cold the, get punked? The, like the show? Yeah. Have you ever seen the one where Stone Cold got punked? I probably have. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. Like they do a thing where they pretend the valet steals Austin's friend's phone. And mm-hmm. then the guy running the parking lot is uh, kind of being a dick to the valet guy. So he fires him. So then Austin, he's, you know, kind of getting pissed slowly and more slowly. And mm-hmm. then the the guy, like the actor that's trying to fire the valet was talking to Austin. And he's Austin's like, why don't you calm down a little bit? Let, let's figure this all out. And the guy's like, no, the guy's got no skill. He's, he's dumb. No skill. Uh-huh. And Austin goes, he got a driver's license, doesn't he? That goes, yeah. He goes, well, that requires some type of skill. <laughs> the guy just has nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. And then Austin starts calling him a dumb son of a bitch. He goes, I'm not a dumb son of a bitch. He's like, yeah, you are. So give her a look in the mirror every morning. He goes, yeah. He goes, then you see a dumb son of a bitch. Like, oh he just gets God. sore and more and more. They have to, like, call it off before Austin whoops this guy's ass. And it's, it's so I do got to watch that. I yes. mean, I, so many of those punks I thought were hilarious. So I'm sure I saw it at one point. Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff is, is like celebrity death match. Like, I've seen it all, but ask me to recall anything. It's like, it's hard to because everything was so, so whatever it was. Yeah. Well, when you're so obsessed with like pop culture, specifically the pop mm-hmm. culture I like, like I am, like I remember all this stuff because I'll yeah. go back and watch it. And especially now with the internet, if something clicks into my head, I can go like, I wonder if that's on there. And sure enough, it yeah. is. So go watch Stone Cold get punked on, on YouTube. It's it's on there and it's, <laughs> I loved it. Does Kutcher ever come out? Say, no. Hey he, man, hey man, calm down. Calm no, down. It's no, just a he, joke. he wasn't there, but other people are, but it was okay. just so funny. All right. But yeah, Stone Cold means business. So that promo it's definitely something to, to listen for. So, do you have any other more <laughs> other ones? I got two more. Uh, one of go them. Go ahead is, with your next one. I'm looking up. Something. Okay. Oh no no no. Here's one. Okay. So this is Raw August 9th, 1999. If you lived in 1999, you knew there there was a um, a fear of what would happen to computers when it rolled into 2000. Sure. So it wasn't just the U.S. It was all over the world. Like computer programmers were like. We didn't expect or program these computers to know what 2000 is. So they were trying to come up with a fix, all this kind of stuff. And it was like at the beginning of the year, like February, April, March, all that kind of stuff. And during this time, I think it was like almost July, like a couple of weeks before this August 9th, um, the bug was called Y2K. Like what's going to happen when the year 2000 hits? Because it's big computer bug. Everything's going to shut down and the world's going to um, Armageddon because <laughs> everything's revolved around computers. So all of a sudden, in I think uh, late July, there's this um, countdown to the Millennium Clock just shows up on Raw. And it says roughly 671 hours and some odd minutes. And it's doing a countdown. So you're like, okay, what the hell is this? Because also you would see these countdowns to the Millennium. I don't know, like some stores would have them or... or, um, I guess some retailers, post office, they, yeah, they would have yeah. these, these countdown to the millennium. So you're like, okay, cool. You know, everybody's hyped. You know, we're going to be out of the 1900s. Woo, here here, here we come, 2000s. <laughs> but this, the fear of this Y2K was still, like, very real. So it, it it's on this wrestling program now. So 
we're like, what the hell's going to happen? So this is like a big reveal. Like I, I thought it was cool, like how they were doing it. It was a countdown. And as it got closer, it was just counting down, counting down, counting down. So at the beginning of this Raw on August 9th, the show opens Raw. It shows the countdown to the millennium, and it's an hour and 25 minutes. So at the time, Raw was two hours. So you knew this thing was going to be the payoff <laughs> when, it, when it hit zero. And if you go like an hour, six minutes into it, they cut out the commercials on the network. So later in the show, The Rock comes out and he's just cutting like a, a just a big promo on the big show. And the countdown clock popped up and it's like, and it just expires. Everything goes like kind of black, like what the hell's going to happen? The pyro and, and thumping music and just like the um, just the Titan Tron, like Jericho's, you know what it is. It's like the streets and the cities and cars and it's just this thumping music. And you never heard it before because this is the first time. And then Jericho just pops up on the Titan Tron. I could not believe. And the crowd just popped, like just amazing. Like, and Jericho is big in Nitro. Like he, he was with Ralphus and doing all this funny shit. Like I thought he was really good on the mic. So that I see Jericho pop up. I'm like, holy crap, he's here. Rock is like really good on the mic. Like what's going to well, happen? When the, when the Titan Tron hits, that, when the Jericho comes up, like everyone kind of knew like, okay, this is probably Jericho, whatever. But mm-hmm. when the confirmation, like there was the roar, like the, yeah, like all the dudes. This yeah. was in Chicago at the Allstate Arena. Mm-hmm. I remember I was watching this in Orlando, Florida on a family vacation. Like we were back from the parks. Like I got to, I was like, I got to see this because I knew yeah. it was going to be Jericho. And yeah, I, w- I was pumped for sure. And then it's like, okay, I see Jericho. I hear the music and the pyros, you know, all that kind of, st- kind of stuff is just like fizzling out. And yeah. then there's a, on him and he's backwards. He's got like this, his, his shirt on. He's got his ponytail. He's got his arms stretched out. I'm like, holy, like, this is amazing. Like, I couldn't believe I was watching this. And to me, like, that's one of my favorite debuts just because there was so much like to it. Like you had the Y2K, now he's Y2J. You had the Countdown the Millennium, like all of that stuff just worked perfect for him at this time. Um so he he just comes, he gets a microphone, and I can't wait what he says. And mm-hmm. Jericho's like, he's got his arms outstretched, and he's like, Raw is Jericho. And everyone's like, hell yeah. And we've all heard the <laughs> yeah. promo, we've seen it, and yeah, it was great. And then, of course, my favorite part of the thing is when The Rock goes, you don't even have the class to introduce yourself. <laughs> what is your name? He has one that it doesn't matter what your name is. And mm-hmm. it's a it's definitely a moment that, you know, was always... Every year, it's like, oh, the anniversary of this. And we always see it and we always watch it. But it's one of those moments that I can watch 100,000 times and mm-hmm. still be like, yes. And he still has that flavor from Nitro. Like, he comes over. He's like, I'm going to be your new partner, your new hero, the party host, the most charismatic showman, showman to enter your living rooms. And I'm here to save WWF because Raw has been in the snooze fest. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he obviously, he says, WWF will never be, ever be the same again. It's a so thing. Then, it's yeah. a big thing. So Wait. he's talking about the Y2J, and that's when Rock, you know, he he does the whole, you know, what's your name? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your name is. He's he's like, you got you got your Y2J plan. The Rock says, I got my KY jelly plan. I'm gonna loop. <laughs> I'm gonna lube his boot up real good, turn it sideways, and stick it up your candy ass. It's it just a, it a amazing. moment. Like I said, we've seen it a million times. But you, no one, I don't think, ever gets tired of watching it. It's just there's certain moments in wrestling that you'll watch over and over and over again. And maybe we'll mm-hmm. do a show on that one day, like moments that never get old. And I was rewatching some WCW the other day, and it was uh, uncensored '97. And the okay. end of the sh- end of the show is when Sting comes down from the rafters, and this is the first time in, since he left WCW that he's picked a side. 
when he dropped Scott Hall, like the crowd, it's like, yes, he's with W. Like the crowd was like, yeah, it's just, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. So that's a separate show. We'll definitely do that one in the future, but there's moments like that. And this is definitely one of them that we'll watch over and over again. Yeah. For me, this is up there with, with the, the Hardy's return. I think it was WrestleMania 33, just that yeah. crowd when that music hits and everybody's like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, you know, it's just one of those, you're just like a feel good moment and mm-hmm. yeah, you get goosebumps. I mean, at least for me, I do because Another... these were two of like the best in the business at like just talking and shit, <laughs> you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now they're face to face. Let's see what happens. Yep. And another one that we're going to talk about is one of my favorite storylines, the one where Austin kidnaps Vince McMahon and makes him piss his pants on TV (laughs) with the Bang 316. And again, this is one that we've all seen the payoff, but we don't watch the whole show in the build. Yeah. You told me to go back and watch this one. So I went to the segment. I'm like, wait, I got to watch this from the beginning. Yep. (laughs) So I watch it from the beginning and... This it's, is it's it's throughout the whole show, so it's like yeah. this this show is dedicated to this whole <laughs> this whole uh, storyline. This is a bit of a continuation from the hospital segment because mm-hmm. at the next pay, at the paper this is the night after the pay per view when Vince made Austin the special referee for Undertaker and Kane, and Vince said if you do not count down make declare a champion you'll be fired. So mm-hmm. Vince so Austin doesn't do it, and Austin, Vince says screw you Austin you're fired. And Austin's fired. So the mm-hmm. Raw starts off with, and this is October 19th, 98. Raw starts off with all of the roster in the ring. There's balloons and confetti coming down. Vince comes out on the on the, uh, on the Titan Tron, the main stage, in his wheelchair, you know, talking about <laughs> getting all cocky. Talking, and he says, oh, yeah. I think there's a new phrase out there called McMahon 316, which means I have the brass to fire your ass. And they've got a picture of Austin, like a still photo on the Tron. Yeah. And then it switches to a live shot of him in camouflage with a gun. <laughs> and Vince is like, free. oh, God, oh, God. It's like legitimately scared right away. Like, oh, God, this guy's yeah. going to murder me. Yeah, one of the fun moments of his opening thing was saying, he's like, you know, when I fired him, I asked myself, I, I said it felt pretty damn good. And he's like, then later in the night, I, can, I you know, I was convinced and I said it felt great. He's like, but then this morning, I looked at the mirror and I asked myself again, I said it was better than sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I think JR's like, woohoo. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the king? I, I, the king, the king, the king. Not I JR. mean, current JR, we're talking about. Oh, like, we're, we're, her, we're her. Current JR talking about that, talking yeah, about Sonny's so. OnlyFans. Right. <laughs> but I, I like that because, you know, he got more cocky as the night went on. <laughs> yeah, he was so, like, full of himself, too. And yeah. then even up to that point, like, he's until he sees Austin with a gun in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I think I told this story before, but I remember the Sunday before my mom, that of uh, the pay-per-view, my mom and I were at Target, and they had, for some reason, wrestling, like, Stone Cold hat. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. Was it the camo hat? No, it no, it was like a it was one you haven't really seen before because it was just like a target. It was black and it was just a stone cold hat. But the funny thing was, was I was like pissed. I'm like, wait, is Austin really gonna take a break? I thought like he wasn't fired. Like, he's like, oh, he's fired. He's, I thought he's probably like hurt. He's gonna be gone for a while. So I'm watching Raw and the crowd's doing the asshole chant of Vince, and I was doing it in my base. Like, yeah, I was doing it because I was pissed. Yeah. I got this new Stone Cold hat. Can't I even wear pay, it. I just paid ten bucks for this. My mom did at least, you know. Yeah, and, and that's a a negotiation when you're a kid to get something like, all right, I got to, yeah. Then I just got this shit. That's, that's not relevant <laughs> anymore. And Vince even says that in the promos are, I understand that that Austin memorabilia is selling like hotcakes. Cause it's going to be yeah. collector's items. Cause he's gone. Right. 
So anyway, Vince gets pushed. Vince gets brought to the back. He tells the big boss man he's his bodyguard. They're in like the dressing room, mm-hmm. and then throughout the show, something happens where DX or someone someone gets arrested by the police. Like during the China. show, China. yeah. So she gets arrested, and then Austin's in the parking lot cleaning his guns. The cops come up to him, and they're like, "Hey, Mister Austin." He's like, "How you doing tonight?" Those are their fans. They get autographs. Mm-hmm. Vince is watching the screen. He's like, "What kind of cops do we have in this damn town?" Yeah, they they, they made they made it look like. You know, they were going to do something to him, like, hey, Mr. Austin, or whatever, whatever, can you yeah. step out of the car? And he gets out. He's like, hey, uh, can we get an autograph for our kids? And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, no problem. What's your kid's name? And Vince is just seething. He's like, no, no, that guy's a maniac. And then in, in Vince's dressing room, he's got a private cop with a with a canine mm-hmm. dog. He's like, yeah. get that flea, flea bitten mutt. Go get Austin. Get him out of here. And I don't care if you have to shoot him. And the cop's like, I didn't come here to threaten my life. I quit. <laughs> and Vince is like, Get back here, damn it! Uh, and throughout, and this is all again throughout the show. And when I was watching this, I'm thinking, yeah, if I was a kid or an adult, like this would keep my interest. Even now, like I would definitely be watching. Like it's a it's a whole murder, <laughs> like scenario, like I, a terrorist. I thing. wouldn't be turning away. I wouldn't no, be flipping wouldn't the channels to Nitro. I'm like they because they go back to it a lot, just yeah. to make sure. Like you know, mm-hmm. like, this is still a thing. Uh, and as the, as the show goes on, Vince, you can see he's breaking down. He's breaking down. He's becoming more like complacent and like almost to the point of begging where he gets to the end of the show. And just everything well, that Austin, you could tell Austin's in control. Like he's got, do we even get to the part where he kidnaps him yet? No, because there's so much. Oh, shit. Just, so, so next, <laughs> yeah. who comes to the door is Mick Foley. And Vince is like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like glad to see him. And he brings Mr. Sacco. And then they start playing Twister. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> how is Vince not cracking up here? Eventually he kicks Mick Foley out, you know. And then Vince gets on the phone with the limo driver. He's like, is, is Austin out there? And the driver's like, no, I don't see him, sir. He goes, that means he's in the building. Oh my God. And then Austin calls <laughs> Vince on the phone mm-hmm. and he goes, Time's up, you bastard. <laughs> Hangs up on him. Yeah. And then this is where he starts to torture him. He's like, Vince, you ever see deliverance? And he makes him squeal like a pig. <laughs> oink, oink, and, oink. and you could just tell like the confidence and just the just the bully attitude. Like he Stone Cold's in control of this now. Like he's just taunting him and teasing him. Like Am I go- am I going to hurt you? Am I going to kill you right now? Am I gonna- am I going to stab you? And I like the one scene where he's like, "This is a real shiny knife, huh?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." And so he gets up real quick, and Vince like closes his eyes like he's going to get stabbed. And Stone Cold just reaches over and stabs an apple and starts like shaving the apple with yeah. his knife. He's like, "What'd you think I was going to stick this in you?" <laughs> It's, it's like, I'm, like, I'm going to make you suffer. And he's also Stone Cold in full camouflage gear. Yeah, and like he's, he's hunting. Up to he's the, got his bow, bow and arrow. Up to the neck. And then he wheels, Vin, eventually at the end of the show, wheels Vince out down to the mm-hmm. down the down the ramp into the ring. No music is played, which was a good touch, you know, because why would the yeah. producers play it? And then he gets in, he's like, I'm going to have, gets Vince on his knees says you want i want you to look at the trons you can see your eyes pop out of your head <laughs> pulls oh, out man. a big it's gun so tense it's so tense and vince starts crying he's like oh my god this is the end he's like this guy's been taunting me all damn night and now i'm gonna die on my own show <laughs> and then of course shoots him bang 316 austin pulls up vince he goes i think we got a new t-shirt says mcmahon 316 says i just pissed my pants <laughs> and then he gives him the stunner shoves a little piece of paper in his coat pocket which we later found out was his rehire papers and yeah, yeah just the whole episode this is the uh october 19th 98 episode of raw go back and watch it it's 
It's yeah. great from top to bottom for sure. Do you have another one? Yeah, I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. Because I got one that kind of you said you said the, the raw attitude era ended. What was it? WrestleMania seventeen or eighteen? I said seventeen, but 17. it's not officially. But there's there's a little bit after that. Then then I was looking into it, and I think it kind of just went to when they actually sp- split the brands up. So we'll I got go, something right before that. We'll go ahead and say that the one and the one we both both just watched. Okay, go ahead. Well, the. Um, since Jericho came out of the scene and all that kind of stuff. So this is in 2001. Mm-hmm. So there's been a long rivalry between Jericho and Stephanie McMahon because she's like the billion dollar princess and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So to me, this is like the peak of, of uh, just that rivalry itself. Cause it's almost kind of coming to an end too, but it still carries on. But this is, this is just a fun one for me. So she comes out to the ring with Rhino. And so she's laughing about Rhino's gore on Y2J because this is on raw and Rhino had speared or gored Y2J on SmackDown and just gored him right through like the, the stage ramp and the, and the sign up on the ramp. So Stephanie's out there with, with uh, Rhino and just laughing about it. And so Steph's just talking a bunch of trash about Y2J and how Rhino's just such a better guy. And when Steph wants to see the footage again, uh, Y2J's music hits, hits next. So, Jericho comes out and he's like, he's never, I've, he's never beaten Rhino, but at SummerSlam, he's going to take care of that smelly, greasy, nasty animal. And he's going to get Rhino too. <laughs> so he's like talking about Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Uh, so later on, he says he's, he's going to say that Rhino would get the job done, but that she's the expert of getting the job done and shows a video of little Stephanie from a year ago where she's kind of flat chested. And then shows her not so little Stephanie from last week. And so she's got the big boob job. Uh, so Stephanie's reaction is just priceless. It's horror. It's embarrassment. It's modesty. Like she's like, oh, no, how did you tell? But they're like five times bigger than they were. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he says, uh, it's like, you want to because I think they had. Um, but the bodies hit the floor by drowning pool. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Drowning pool. He's like, let the bodies hit the floor. I say, let the boobies hit the floor <laughs> and everybody just erupts in laughter and she runs off embarrassed. I mean, good for her for being a good sport about like wanting to have this called out on TV. I mean, yeah. it's not really I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. I don't think anybody really like acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good like segue. Cause I was kind of like a, a lighter one to what we'll end on here. And I made you watch this. So I want to hear your, thoughts on it i texted you right before we started I'm like did you watch this you're like no i'm like watch it now so this is the march 2nd 1998 episode of raw this is the closing segment of the show where the undertaker finally accepts kane's challenge to wrestle mm-hmm. him and to fight him at wrestlemania 14 this was also the same night that mike tyson joined dx so a little pretty big show i hear i would say pretty big uh, epic right. show you know in 98 undertaker recently in january got uh, burned alive in a casket supposedly by Kane after Kane turned on him at, at the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble where he, Undertaker faced Shawn Michaels in a casket match. Kane interfered, lit the casket on fire, and Taker's been gone since. Kane's been raking havoc, beating up fans, be, you know, chokeslams the timekeeper here in a second, beat up the Phoenix Suns mascot, beat up Vader, Mankind, all this stuff. He's been whooping ass mm-hmm. since his debut in October. He's the phenom now. He is. It starts off, Paul Bear comes out, he makes the timekeeper give a 10-bell salute for the Undertaker. So they do that, and then there's a gong, like, dong, and then nothing happens. You're like, oh, because you normally expect, like, the gong taker's coming out now. 
Yeah. And then again, gong, lights kind of flicker, nothing happens. And Paul Bear's like, he's not here. He's not the phenom anymore. And then like the anticipation for this when I was watching, even now was like so good. I remember watching this as a kid mm-hmm. being yeah. like, is he going to be here tonight? Are they going to drag this out? Like, is, cause he's been gone for so long. Yeah. And you it know. was at the end of the show. So it's not like they had a lot of time left on the, on the right? show. Right. And you're watching, you know, when you're watching live, you're looking like, okay, we got a few more minutes, like five more minutes left here. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I love Jr. on the call with the lines like, could it be? Could it be? And then all of a sudden you look up on the stage, a big lightning bolt, pyro mm-hmm. shot, hits the Undertaker who's laying on a coffin, and he sits up and there is a pop that I haven't heard in ages, you yeah. know, in modern day stuff, but the crowd is like, oh, hell yeah, the Undertaker's here. Like, and let's go. And also what's great is the Undertaker, when he sits up, starts talking, he doesn't have mm-hmm. a microphone. He's got, I'm sure, just like a, a piece or whatever, you know, a, mic- yeah. a headset that's hidden. Because I think if he was holding a microphone here, it might lose a little bit. Yeah, and you're right. He tells him, he goes, did you think you could beat me or get rid of me, get rid of me that easily? He would, where he was, Where he was for so long, he said, was talking to the souls of his dead parents to explain mm-hmm. to them why he had to do what he vowed he would never do. And then Paul Bear just keeps screaming. And that's to fight his baby brother. Paul Bear, you're not the phenom. You're not the phenom anymore. So as Paul Bear is saying that, Kane does his raise the arms, smash down. Mm -hmm. Flames shoot up through the stage. Undertaker walks through them, says, I will walk through the fires of hell to face you, Kane. And it's just epic. The match is in. It's accepted. It's a great match, by the way. Go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. This is the the, the um, not the very beginning, but the the end of the beginning of the Undertaker Kane feud. So it was epic. You went back and rewatched it. Did you enjoy it as much as I did? Hopefully, I did, and I love the end of it. He says, "May the hounds of hell eat your rotting soul." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> that's a, that's some deep level stuff right there." This just everyone's obviously into the undertaker now and in his his retirement quote unquote if this is his his final goodbye and mm-hmm. getting nostalgic for him but stuff like this makes you realize anybody else who does this it comes off cheesy and lame right yeah you know think about it like oh i, I was explaining to my dead parents i walked through fire i just got struck by a lightning bolt and i'm sitting up mm-hmm. like there's no need for a suspension of disbelief you're just in from the second it starts to the second that gong hits yeah. This is this might be one of my all-time favorite Undertaker moments, period. That's another show we can do. Favorite Undertaker Really? Moments. This is your favorite? It, it's close. All right. You know, I mean, off the top of my head, what else is there? There's him winning the championship versus Hogan. That's up there. But mm-hmm. the, it's just so good. And I, wasn't, I, wanted to, I wanted to go back and watch that Inferno match. Yeah. Because I remember watching it, and then I was watching the... Um, I forgot on the documentary or the network, they were doing a thing with, you know, brothers of destruction yeah. and they were talking about, it. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. And I wanted to go back and watch it, but I just never did. So after we're done, I'll probably go back and watch that Inferno match. Yeah. I got to watch that documentary still, the brothers of destruction one. I haven't gotten to that yet. I'll get to it. But again, it's, it's, this is all the attitude era stuff. Everything meant something so big. Yeah. And, that's awesome that they were able to do that. And because everyone, there was so much going on, maybe that's part of why we don't remember it as finally or as, as detailed because there was so much to remember. There was. You know, there's weekly shows, twice a week, monthly pay-per-views, whereas 
those 90s shows, you had the Superstars, Jobber Matches, Raw a little bit in 93, which was like a 45-minute show after commercials, and still only four or five pay-per-views a year. Yeah. You know, so you're, you, those stick out more. But th- this Attitude Era show, like we said at the beginning, we it would take 10 parts to cover everything, way more than 10 parts, just to cover yeah. moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were only an hour, over an hour in here. Normally our show's just an hour. <laughs> and this wasn't even that much. We had more on our list, but we can't even get to them all because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. So so what I, why I'm so interested in this Inferno match is obviously there's what like little gas pipelines around it. And just, it's actually on fire. It's flames, right? Yeah. It's not on pay-per-view. It's on Raw. It was on a pay-per-view. Oh, it's on Raw. That is it? Fe- February 22nd. Well, maybe there was two, but I thought for, I'm pretty sure uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, yeah, there's a, it's, it's definitely Unforgiven. Okay. Well, the one I wanted to watch was on Raw. Okay, well, <laughs> but I watched that two. one too. Yeah, but yeah. the 98, uh, April April or May pay-per-view, WWF Unforgiven was definitely an Inferno match, Undertaker okay. and Kane. Okay. Yeah, so the Attitude Era, a lot to talk about. These were just a handful of stuff we like. There's so much more to talk about. It was fun going back. This is not something we normally do. Mm-hmm. We do talk about current stuff sometimes. We talk about super old stuff, but this is this was a fun one to do for sure to kind of pick and choose. I don't know if I like doing these shows more where we have kind of like a wide area to choose from or if we focus on a single show. I'm not really sure which one I like more. you have a preference? Um, <clears throat> I like doing both. Yeah, you know, something, something like this, I, I kind of have more range to look at different things and pick apart like this of that show and this of that show and all that kind of stuff and just um you know like highlights of you know a couple years of what what made me so interested in in wrestling yeah and this was a peak and not a peak it was it's just so weird to say i can't i feel like an idiot talking like this but it was a peak (laughs) but it wasn't of our fandom because we were obsessed with it yeah but it wasn't the warm and fuzzy you know comfort food era yeah. i would say but it's still great but there but there's still so much i, I mean you even got kurt angle and like i said uh yeah we even talked we've we there's we haven't talked like we haven't talked the dudley boys we haven't talked New dx laws dx really yeah we haven't talked cactus jack we talked a little bit of mick we talked a lot of mick foley this week he was great he was mm-hmm. he was the comic relief <laughs> he, he made it <laughs> we barely talked about the rock and he was huge in there we barely talked triple h and right. so much so much stuff to talk about we'll we'll get there we got a lot more shows to do a lot more fun to do. So thank you everyone for listening to us. Thanks for listening to old shows and, and tell a friend about us. And also check out some of our podcast friends and we do the podcast shout outs and these aren't just some of our friends. These are shows I do listen to pretty much every mm-hmm. week and uh, give a shout out to our friends at the Doing the Favor podcast. I'm actually drinking right now a Great Lakes Brewing Christmas Al. Uh, our friends are doing the favor. Eric's over there in the Columbus, Ohio area. This is from Cleveland. So they're pumped that the Browns are like seven and three, I think. So go Browns. I know you're, you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, you're a Steelers that. fan. They're nine and zero. Oh, so they're ten bit. and zero. Oh. Ten and zero. Oh. Okay. Well, the Bears are five and five. So <laughs> la di da. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey man, if the Bears win on Sunday. They'll only one game out of first place. But we'll see if the season. That's some division, huh? Well, it's not as good as the <laughs> NFC East, where right. the three and seven team can still make the playoffs or win the division. <laughs> right. So, uh, also our friends check out uh, Jeff and Scott at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. They do a show each and every week, which is 
super admirable and they've been doing it for years so check out the fully posable wrestling figure podcast follow them on twitter at fully posable check out our friends at the our vantage point retro wrestling podcast you can find them at ovp podcast they're always tweeting out awesome stuff awesome old wrestling clips they're an awesome follow uh, our friends over at the ringside podcast uh, daniel spencer impact famous referee Ali over at the Raw is Nitro podcast. I've been a guest on his show before. He's been a guest on mine, so check them out. They're down in Australia, which is wacky to me that I got someone I can talk to in Australia that I've like, had awesome. conversations with. Yeah. Uh, there's, I know I'm forgetting, I always forget people on our podcast shout outs, but oh, uh, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Check them out. We're, uh, Breaker and I are supposed to do a content creator series soon, so check out the Breaker and Bane Power Hour as well. They have a guest every week, they talk wrestling. Uh, there's also a spin off show called the Back to Nintendo. Uh, that Breaker does talking about old Nintendo games. So, all right, guys. Thank you everyone for listening. Eric, thanks for coming on. No problem. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week.